0: You are listening to The Serpent Cast. I am Annabelle Gatt. I'm Sophie St. Thomas. And this evening, we are joined with a very special guest, Sonia. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. You are... You are many things. You're a medium, a tarot reader, but you're also a graphic designer and an artist and an all-around very cool person. Thank you. And <laughs> many people might know your work, not just from the sluttest tarot, but from our very own logo. She made the Serpent slut, serpent Cast logo. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you so much for a beautiful logo. We really appreciate it. And for our first question.
1: All right. Regular listeners know what's about to happen, but Sonia, what is your sign, and what is your Harry Potter Hogwarts
2: house? Okay. I'm so glad you asked me this question, because I think about this quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am a Gemini, and um, after extensive reading of the books, I belong to Ravenclaw.
0: Cool. Have you been officially sorted by the Sorting Hat? Yes.
2: Yes listeners if you have not
1: taken the pot if you may wonder like how do people know what house they're in you may have an inclination or already be drawn to one. but please go and take the Pottermore sorting hat test it's like the most visually beautiful and and it's true it's really relaxing it's really yeah. relaxing. You're
0: stressed out go take that test it's true
1: <laughs> can, can I tell a quick story
0: yeah. sure
1: so I um got a Slytherin and I was like oh, am I really like a fucking Slytherin and you're like only and I knew I was a Slytherin but I was only you're only supposed to take it once right but I kept making new email accounts so I could make new fake Pottermore accounts to continue to sort myself and every single time I got Slytherin and not only because they, they know but then I also realized like how Slytherin of it was me mm-hmm. to be like are you fucking sure? Let me see. I'm going to like,
0: (laughs) so do you identify with being a Ravenclaw? I do. Well, it's, you know, it's very interesting because you're a Gemini and Gemini's are very logical and Ravenclaw's are very logical, but you're a medium, which in my opinion means that you need to be able to step around logic sometimes to look at what's illogical. Like, I mean, look at Luna Lovegood. Yeah, like,
1: oh she's totally, God. like, my... Is she a Ravenclaw? I believe she is. Is she?
0: I think so. I'm not sure. Should I Google or should Let's we just
2: Google
0: let it. this go? Let's Google it. Let's Google it. Um, someone tell a story while I Google. Well, even Raven... Okay, so, like, Luna Lovegood is a good example of someone who is... Comes across as very, like, flighty and ditzy, but she's extremely perceptive. You know, I forgot what they're called, but there were these, like, skeletal horses that Harry could see, but the other kids couldn't (gasps) see. That's
1: right. You could
0: only see them if you had... Experienced. Experienced death. Yeah, if you had a close call with death. And she was able to see them, too. So it's like, you know, Luna Lovegood might seem like she's, like, got you know clouds in her head but she's a very perceptive person who's seen some shit Ravenclaw she's a Ravenclaw you're
1: correct yeah you're,
0: I'm so sorry for even doubting you and you <laughs> you're a, s- a medium <laughs> it's that <laughs> Slytherin problem you and I have where we're like are you sure you know what you're talking about let's double check because like we're control freaks so and we need to make sure that and then the Ravenclaw is like you may double check <laughs>
1: psychic and speaking (laughs) about my own house, but
2: like, okay. (laughs) Um, Annabelle, what is your house?
0: I'm a Slytherin. Oh, wow. So yeah. among the snakes. You are? Yeah. (laughs) Hello. I heard you talking earlier about um, creating ancestor altars and, you know, doing a ritual for when a loved one passes. And I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit more about that. Oh,
2: sure. So a lot of uh, the stuff that I practice is under the Kardecian, under Alan Kardec, who... You know, he was a very famous spiritualist, and a lot of his stuff was rooted in Catholicism, but he was very much someone who worked beyond the veil, and, you know, a lot of other people who... or a lot of other practitioners will look to him as someone uh, to follow or pay their dues to their family, if you will. Like, he wrote a book of selected prayers. He... I had have had, like, a few rituals handed down to me by word of mouth. These aren't necessarily things that you write down or teach in a class, but you are taught to them by, like, elders. Uh, I had a woman who taught me everything from when I was really young, and maybe one day I'll get to pass that off to someone as well. But um, I'll be more than happy to pass on the, the story today. Connecting with your family is really the most important and most effective way to get magic done because your ancestors, those who have passed on, um, you are a living testament. And I, I, I actually went to a talk the other night where I heard some, someone say this, like you are a living testament of, of your family's le- legacy. So a really good thing that you can do is put an altar in your home with uh, nine cups, one, one giant wine glass, And then you can have like little, like eight little baby glasses around it and fill it with water. The giant glass, you could put a crucifix over it or in it. Um, and then you can assign a glass. If you know who your past relatives are, you can assign a glass to them. And I have a few, my grandmother's rosary is with her. I have a bottle of perfume that belonged to my other grandmother that's with hers. The glass set I dedicated to the woman who taught me everything, she used to collect little miniature spoons, like novelty spoons, when she would travel, so I, and she would always brag about having family in Australia. She's like, there's Cubans in Australia, and that's because of me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I had gone to like a little novelty shop, and I saw a Sydney spoon, and I was like, oh, my God, that's totally for her. So I put it on the, on the little altar next to her, and I refreshed the water, I like to keep flowers, I like to talk to them, play music for them, because I feel like spirits are very musical and they respond to that energy. So making like playlists for them and just having like regular conversation with them, you know, opening a circle and then really talking to them, you get that connection. And, um, you know, there have been instances where I will pray to my ancestors in the morning and I'll be like, oh, I really want this to get sorted out. And then whether it's good or bad, it always somehow gets sorted out. Like, with dating for whatever reason my grandmothers I feel like the spirits of my grandmothers are very protective of me and uh, I had asked for like clarity on this one situation and by noon I knew <laughs> to jump ship <laughs> you know and I was I was upset about it but I was like well I guess this you get what you pray for you know like that kind of a thing um now I know you mentioned um people after they pass away I was taught and you know this is what was told to me, and I do believe it to be true uh that the once a person passes away, they linger for nine days to like kind of say goodbye, and it's like a transitional period
1: Today's my grandma's ninth day oh oh, oh really My grandmother died nine days ago, oh wow i'm sorry yeah me me too i um we we were very, very we were very close um it i've had a very rough week to say the least um i have since she's passed already found myself talking to her yeah and um it's been really hard because or not or hard or not interesting but i feel like now since she's passed other things have happened like for instance someone who she loved very much broke up with me and I keep finding myself being like is is grandma are you disappointed in in him or are you disappointed in me for for trusting him um and and just having these conversations with her and I've meditated with her and and have felt her but i've also been a little bit at a loss exactly how to honor her you know i've put a photo of her and a cross i am i'm not christian and actually fairly strongly have an issue with a majority there's there's obviously of course christians have done good things but but I, I, I'm not, I'm not a Christian, but my grandmother was. So I put up, um, a crucifix and a photo of her on my love altar and have kind of, for the time being changed my love altar from like a romantic love altar to a honoring grandmother love altar. When I've been wondering what to do, I have meditated to her, but I, yeah, I don't know. I called my aunt who I don't talk to that much. And I just found myself being like, Hey, like, what did grandma like, you know, like, cause I, I'm just unsure what to do. I'm, you know, in that space, like, of grief where you just don't know what to do. I, like, want to... Don't know if I should go and get a tattoo, which I think I probably will at some point. One, because I love tattoos, and my grandma, she actually, like, um, towards the end of her life, got a tattoo to commemorate her grandchildren, and so I think she would appreciate that. But I have just been wondering how to honor her because to be honest I am not very close with all of my family and I even have some ancestors that I I'm like stay the fuck away from me (laughs) like you you know that I I feel are not good good energies for me she is the first person I have lost that I have you know I spoke to her every day
2: yeah well one thing that you can do, and this is specific to her, is you can go and buy two large uh, white votive candles. White? Yes, white. Uh-huh. Um, and especially today is ninth day. Uh, For Forgive me, what type of candle? Like a seven-day candle. Oh. Like those large white seven-day candles. If you go to like... Like just the ones that you can get like up at, at bodegas? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. So if you get uh, two of those and you just like light one, let it go down, and then light another one and let it go down and like dedicate it to her... When you say let it go down, sorry, I'm being very, like,
1: my, my oh. moon is in Virgo, so I need to, like, like oh. do you mean, like, let it burn completely or, like, how
2: far? Like how <laughs> Well, you, yeah, let it, <laughs> let it burn completely, but uh, please use common sense and, like, if you're, never leave, never leave candles burning unattended, kids. Yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Just light one, and then once that's complete, light the other one one, like as a one, two Uh step. It's interesting that you, you mentioned, I think it's beautiful that you're transitioning that one love altar into a family altar, because that's how, in a way, that's like a really good transition into working with ancestors and doing that kind of work. And you don't have to work with all of them. By no means. I know that can be problematic uh, for so many reasons, but... You you can start with just her, and if you want to leave, like, a glass of water, like, do a light, very lightly glass of water, some flowers, you know, make her a playlist, just talk, because just, she talks, like, I don't know if I'm, like, actually just talking to a
1: ghost, or I just know her well enough, but, like, for instance, like, this, this breakup, she, she loved him, right. you know, she t- loved him, and so... I know how sad she would be and I keep thinking. So I just find myself talking to her and her voice talking back to me and it's, like, exactly what she would say. Yeah, and, yeah.
2: yeah, and it's honestly it's, it's very subjective. It's something only you would understand, yeah. only something you would know in that moment. But this is, in a way, a key to opening that door. So, and it, and it's all done in a very positive way, you know, and I think in a way it's, like, when someone passes, it's, like, the saddest thing. And I always find myself like, because I'm so, I'm well versed enough in the subject. People are like, "That's the death girl. Let's talk to her about it." And I'm like, "Okay, I guess we'll talk about this today and not about, I don't know, season two of Glow or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we won't talk about my favorite pizza toppings, but we'll just talk about how to build a relationship with people after they've passed because it is very possible. It is very fulfilling, and uh, energy cannot be created nor destroyed." It just transforms. When you think about someone passing away, they've only transformed. You know, there's no way that that person has gone forever. They, they are there. If you want to open that door, they are there. Um, and it's something that, you know, anyone can do. It is probably the easiest and most beautiful way to be a witch is to honor your dead.
0: Can I ask you about some of your personal experiences talking to people on the other side?
2: Oh, gosh, yes. (laughs) Um, Well, I guess we could talk about uh, sometimes um, I'll definitely get like a clear, like a very clear answer. Or it almost feels like a tingling in the back of the spine when I know I'm getting or receiving an answer. Sometimes when I'm reading for a client as well, um, I'll get like an entity or an energy And it can be a collective of different people talking through one person. And I'll get messages and, you know, sometimes they're very loud. Sometimes they talk at the speed of light and I'm like, whoa, whoa, slow down. Like, what do you need to tell this person? It's definitely a door that once you open, you can't close it. Like you're just going to be. Yeah. So it's kind of like you you have to think of it as like once you start communicating with the dead, it's like driving a stick shift car. So it's like you can't be in fourth gear all the time because then you'll just never be socially acceptable to, like, mm-hmm. anyone. <laughs> so you have to find ways to, like, meditate or uh, practice a martial art. Like, I've been practicing Muay Thai for the past two years. I keep hearing such good things about that. It's I've really good. Yeah. It's a really good grounding practice. And it's um, just because, like, sometimes listening to other energies or spirits talk is, like, really, it's a lot. And I don't want people to think I'm crazy. I'm sure Some people already already do think I'm crazy and that's fine. But um, it just kind of helps like anchor me and bring me down to this third, this dimension. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Uh, Did I answer your question? Did I go off on a tangent?
0: I think that was a good answer. I wanted to know about your experience speaking to people on the other side. And that, I mean, that might, and that speaks to like how to like keep yourself, I think, sane and centered because there is a risk whenever you do any kind of magic, whether you're talking to the dead or casting love spells all day or trying to develop your psychic intuition, you can really, you, you can go a little bit. You can lose yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I've also had encounters where like,
2: I'll be honest, I've had encounters where I used to live right next to Greenwood Cemetery uh, for a really
1: long time. God, I had, oh, the the most intense first date of my life
2: in that cemetery. <laughs> I totally changed subjects ever, mm-hmm. but continue. But uh, I definitely, <laughs> um, there was a spirit that came into my room a poltergeist and it just would like not leave it felt like watching a pinball it was mm-hmm. like a pinball and in in my room was the machine and it just kept bouncing around like crazy and I didn't know what to do I didn't know what to do and I, I was still like rookie status which for sure like living in New York calling my mom every five seconds like I think there's a thing in my room and I don't know how to get rid of it and uh, this spell that she gave me also works for like if there's certain ancestors that you don't want to deal with, and that you just want to send them on their way, this will work too. So it it involves water. Go figure. Uh, putting. Sorry
1: to jump in, but why water? I I just had if if I'm going too much off a of tangent, just taught me. I just had a beautiful love reading with um, right. Michael Cardenas, Old Ways, and he did a love tarot reading for me, but before. We began. It was over the phone because he's located in California. Yet we did like some meditation exercises and some exercise to get in tune. And he had me place um, a cup of water in front of me. Yeah. So if what
2: what's up with the water? So the water is it's a it's like I want to say it's like a communication. It's almost it's um, like an amplifier. It's like an amplifier. You can also say it's like a Ethernet cable. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> um, if you want to think about it. Like the water is a trans is a tool for transfer energy transfer it's a it's a way it's a bridge it's a communication tool Uh uh-huh um some people i know like fire for instance is very cleansing so i use like incense to like cleanse my my tarot decks or to like clean my space you know whereas water is actually a channel with it you can channel with it and so to my point, uh, with the with the water, he does that because it's probably a way. And this is how my teacher Margot worked too. I, you put the the glass of water, and it's like a it's an offering slash clarifier slash amplification tool. So, have um
1: have any of you guys seen Hereditary? Um,
2: no, little, I haven't I'm, seen it. I'm yet. a little scared to watch it. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm um I'm really. Because there's, like, for me, growing up, there's always, like, this, like, been fear or lore that, her, like, you inherit curses. Like, you inherit curses and, like, you have to do tons of work to get rid of them. I'm, I'm learning now that that's not the case. Uh-huh. But, oh, wait, can Tell we finish us, the story? Let me yes. finish the story I'm about so those.
1: sorry. Yeah. It's,
2: <laughs> uh, so, but but they, they just, there's cu- there's about, lots of cups of waters to get in touch yeah. with ancestors yeah. in the film. So, once again, it's, like, definitely rooted in that Kardecian kind of like, you know, if you're in Centuria, you, you know what I'm talking about. Like if you, you practice, um, you know, any of these like old magic, you know what I'm talking about when it comes to the water. Uh, but the, the water in this instance that I had like this spirit who just wouldn't go away. And I think he was like, you got to help me. You got to help me like screaming, like not like knocking things over. And I was like, do I need to call a psychiatrist or do, or is this really happening? You know, because I always ask myself, I'm like, is this like a real thing or is this like a made up thing? And I will, I will be, I will, I guess this is where the raving clock comes in. I'm like, is this really happening? I take notes. I write about it. and I'm like, <laughs> logically speaking, I'm like, no, I'm legit being haunted. This is for real. And uh I called my mom and she's like, this is what you got to do. She's like, uh, for nine days, put a, b- a bowl of water under the bed and you dump it every morning, and you fill it up. Oh, wow. And you do this twice a day for nine days. And you uh, pray to the Holy Spirit. Uh, but, like, the water will slowly collect the uh, the energy and will send it off. And you can almost, like, the ninth night, like, I felt like a sense of peace like and, it, like an, and a thank you.
0: So this is to help um, move any spirit from a poltergeist to an ancestor you don't necessarily want around you. Yeah. Off in a way, and yes.
1: what is the significance of nine days? Do you know where that um, how we learned that about why spirits linger for that long or the significance of that number?
2: Well, I do know that the in like, I'm not sure like don't quote me on this, but my own opinion about this uh because I also study afro Cuban religions and things of that nature. The Orisha that is connected to the cemetery, the guardian of the cemetery, her name is Oya, and her number is nine. And she is, like, you enter the cemetery, gates like, that's her home. So I think it has something to do with that. Uh, but if any of your listeners have another answer, please have them chime in.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to hear you talk a little bit more about how curses can be inherited and what your take is on that now. Oh, I have... Yes.
2: Okay, so growing up, you know, um, my mom... Or, like, people I know are really superstitious and they'll be like, oh, you know, if someone put a curse on you while you're pregnant like your child will be privy to that curse it's it's almost like the the sense of like if you're in the womb and your mom is being cursed like it will be carried over or uh once a relative uh dies or if they aren't a very good person it can it can go awry they can just kind of linger and like the whole thing just kind of festers and it'll be like carried over generation by generation. So um, a lot of people will do a lot of cleansing work, a lot of prayer work or set up the family altar that I talked about previously in order to elevate. And like, it's almost an altruistic thing too, when you're doing this family altar, because like you're not only doing it for yourself, but you're doing it for like the collective of the, of the people that you traveled with. Mm -hmm. And like, and I say travel in the sense that like you in a way, are a product of your ancestors. You travel with them from one uh, plane to another. And um, the same can be said of, like, friends and enemies that you have really close bonds with. These are people that you haven't just met this time around. Like, you will meet them again and again and repeat these kind of same cycles. And it's really crazy how things are cyclical. And if you want to talk about um, another movie that is very much uh, about all that, is it's Arrival. Oh... Uh, Wait. Arrival is the one about the aliens who, like, yeah. come down. I lo-
1: I was so yeah. affected by that
2: film. I was, too. And, like, for me, that definitely hit a, a very strong chord as far as, like, time as a human construct and things being cyclical and, like, meeting people over and over and over again in, in different times. And, you know, just yeah. kind of, like, sometimes when I talk about this stuff, I feel like Charlie Day... Uh, and, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia and the Pepe Silva, you know, like he's con- connecting the dots with like the yeah. yarn and he's like all disheveled with a cigarette in his hand. Oh, my God. Well, if you look at this over here. And <laughs> That's like,
1: all I've been doing the past week. <laughs> yeah.
2: So whenever um, I can definitely go off into like a Pepe Silva conspiracy <laughs> style um, about your ancestors and how they're connected to you and your karma and the people around you and the whole thing like repeats itself until. Yeah. Until for, well, forever
1: it's just a wheel
2: that keeps going. I
1: have a question that I've asked before on this podcast, but it still kind of haunts me. So I guess I'm going to ask you, so let's say you have some really horrible people in your lineage, like, um, you know, rapist abusers, and you know that their blood lives in you. And perhaps now in this lifetime, you've experienced things like rape and abuse and know that that sort of blood is in you even if you have been the survivor of such acts rather than the perpetrator i think that can really kind of be a mind fuck, and i'm yeah. curious how you if, if any advice would give on coming to terms with knowing that people who through fucking, I was going to be like, through biology. And I was like, this is, just say through fucking, through fucking, you <laughs> <laughs> made you here, who have, who you know have done some pretty horrible things. So this is where it's like
2: the good balance of like, you are not your ancestors. You are a product of them. And the autonomy as a, as a witch, your autonomy, who you are as a person, your values go into your practice. And um, I was talking about that altruistic thing before. I'm pretty sure I don't know much about my ancestors, but I know plenty that's, like, super shameful and, like, makes me very sad. Um, certain stories that I've heard. Uh, one thing that you can do is, like, setting up that altar. And when you pray, you pray for their forgiveness. You pray for their, the, that light. Like, you kind of – and, like, pray is a loose term. Like, you don't have to pray in the Catholic or Christian sense if yeah. that's not your thing. But because it's a Kardecian thing, that's kind of like what I'm referencing. I will say, you know, just send them that that piece, and like, do, if you want to work with them and like send them off doing that bowl thing under the bed for like nine days, you should do it, because you're sending them off, and and they'll they'll come back again, and they'll have a they'll have a time to like correct that. Does that make sense? Yes but you are still autonomous. You are still you. Like you are part of this collective of people of this lineage, but you are still you. So you don't have to pay or like live. Like you can choose to free yourself from that. And and part of it is by
0: diving in into ancestral work. So Sonia, you're such an experienced witch. You've been doing this your whole life. Can you tell us a little bit more about your first teacher? My first teacher, she was a
2: basically the most adorable cuban grandma ever (laughs) used to wear like little house coats only like had the giant spoon collection of like places she traveled to
0: and she was your grandma
2: she wasn't my grandmother she She actually was was like a grandma she was like a grandma she was like so much more than that though she was like a teacher you know like yeah i feel like i first heard about like the rosicrucian order because of her and uh she like taught me how to use the tarot cards and like would sit there with me and like help me hone my intuition.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It was like going, it was, it was like the Cuban grandma version of Hogwarts. It was like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like learning how to, how to use like this system and conquer it so that my brain wouldn't like shut down. Cause I was having like very emotional meltdowns as a result of like receiving so much um, information from like people and spirits at all times. Made me extremely emotional. I would like have so this woman helped me uh kind of control that like she kind of was like all right you don't she's like it's always going to be there but you have to learn how to like block them out and like live your life and be you like be autonomous you know you're going to have like a million spirits asking you all the time like um for instance the first time I ever worked with a did a water spell was under her guidance the first time I ever had a conversation with a spirit was under her guidance or like even saw someone in in uh in my ancestral path was because of her. You know, these are, uh, actually, the, the night that she passed away, I was in my apartment that was next to the cemetery, and I thought I was being bothered by a spirit, but it was her. And I didn't know, my mom had called me the next day to tell me that she had passed away, and, like, I, like, lost it. I was like, oh, my God, my teacher is, like, gone, you know? Um, and I think of ways to, like, honor her, and I'm so glad she's, like, on my boveda, like, my altar, I'm so happy that I can still, like, think about everything that she's taught me. I I get emotional just, like, thinking about it. (laughs) Because she was, like, the most powerful witch I've ever met in my life. And she was so unassuming on top of it. Like, she wasn't dressed up. You know, she was just, like, a normal person. Mm
0: -hmm. How did you meet her?
2: I met her through my mom. And, like, my mom met her through, like, the circuit of Cuban moms picking up their <laughs> kids from school just outside. And it's like, oh, well, I have a friend who does this and this and that. And yeah, she lived down the street from the school. And I was like, obnoxious teenager, like only interested in listening to the soundtrack off of the crow like (laughs) you know like reading like Anne Rice novels that's like my world I was like I'm not interested in any of this stuff like I just want to be a vampire leave me alone (laughs) but mom's like my mom's like you're losing your goddamn mind like we need to fix this and um, I know my my mom's a very private person she doesn't talk about her own stuff and she will not know about this podcast <laughs> today. Um, but uh, basically she introduced me to this woman who ended up helping me a lot and talking about like honing my grace. Like she called it, she's like, this thing that you have, it's your grace. And it's not for you to share with everybody. But, um, you know, you can share it just you have to put some boundaries.
1: I love that, your grace. That's yeah. such a beautiful way to describe
2: it. It is. It is a really, really nice way to describe it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I have like this like extra layer <laughs> that can either be really useful or drive me completely insane if I ignore it. So yeah, I owe her everything in a way.
0: Can you tell us about the first water spell?
2: Oh, okay. So it was actually in her living room. And she had made coffee for my mom, and she had put a little cup of water out for me, and she's like, this, we use it as a offering and to provide clarity. And I was having a really hard time just connecting. I was like, this isn't working. This is broken. Like, I don't know if this is for me. And then she was like, just, we did a breathing exercise. We started talking. And like, before you know it, like, I just started feeling or sensing things. And I was like, I see colors, and I see... Like I started seeing like colors and like thinking about like numbers and, and, and it was almost like someone was writing a biography about who they were and like how they knew me. And it started even getting bigger and like grander and better when I started getting tarot cards to started teaching me. So I had like the cup of water out with like the tarot cards and it took me really, like it took me about a good decade to figure out this system in tarot. Like it takes a really long time. My first water spell, like she really helped me collect and hone in that skill. Um, and it took me a really long time to even figure out what I was doing. I always had that connection. Yeah. My first water spell, obviously, was more like a channeling exercise. Mm-hmm. The second time I did a water spell on my own, I had a very strong spirit in my spiritual portrait, and the spiritual portrait is like, the I call it the portrait because in Spanish it's el cuadro espiritual. The spiritual, I call it, or spiritual frame. If I
0: you, kind of want you just to do the rest of the podcast in Spanish. I yeah, know. that you.
2: You're, that was beautiful.
0: That was beautiful. Um, yeah. Throw in as much Spanish as you want to, please. Yeah, something both just happened to me and Annabelle. We we're like, <laughs> but um, <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> uh, Well, but I had a spirit who didn't have the right sense of time and was, like, really pushing for me to become an alchemist. He was, like, a medieval spirit and was, like, you really need to learn alchemy. That is your life path. And um, that came forth in a reading with Margot and my mom, and and they were both, like, it is 1996, like. no, she's not going to be an alchemist. Like that <laughs> isn't a thing now. <laughs> you know. And I'm like, I didn't even know what the hell alchemy was. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we did that, but it was like a really strong spirit. And it was kind of like in a way so strong that it was, uh, not, pre- it was not doing this on purpose, but it was preventing me from like focusing on other things. So I did that nine day water spell under, with the be- under the bed thing. And that was the very first time I did it, and it was a very successful – it was very successful, and it was kind of like, oh, my bad, sorry, didn't know that, like, that's something that, that's not even a profession now, but in the event – you know, it was just like, in the event you ever got in, were interested in alchemy, you'd be really good at it, and I can help you, was kind of the spirit's MO.
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah. I'd love to hear
0: your thoughts on tarot. Please share. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, well, tarot is a part of me, and I am a part of it at this point. I've been – Uh, learning the tarot since 1994, I didn't get a full mastery of the tarot until, like, honestly, 2002. Like, it took me a really long time. You know, whenever I tell people, like, pick up the tarot, I'm like, take it one day at a time. Take it one suit at a time.
1: Mm.
2: Work with your major arcana first, Mm -hmm. you know. um, Definitely keep a deck just for you, and then keep a a deck that you read for people. Um, I can definitely would say pass your tarot decks through incense smoke to clean off those energies because you collect, the people that touch them collect a lot, rotate, like buy as many decks as possible and rotate because that energy, it it gets exhaustive to the point where like I'm learning a new system. It's not necessarily tarot, but it is related to tarot. I'm taking a course with the amazing Wolf and Goat. If you go to wolfandgoat.com, you can learn all about um, awesome things such as necromancy (laughs) and... Uh, La Baraja Española, mm. which is what I'm learning. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and they have a wonderful selection of oils and incenses too. You learn about like these different syst- like card systems and how the energy can get exhaustive. And, I've, and with like, let's say La Baraja Española, uh, you learn how to like, you have to kind of get rid of that deck right away after using it. Like some people are very superstitious and you just like kind of have to toss it uh, in the tarot. I have had to give uh, tarot decks away to people because I, I'm like, I've been broken up with with a tarot deck before. It's like, I love you, but you can no longer read with this. And this happened. This tends to happen a lot with like Crowley decks and yeah. me. Like I'll, they've broken up with me so many times. Um, that deck in particular, or like the Aquarian deck, for instance, is one that like I keep buying and having to buy because I go through it so much, and then I end up either giving it to a friend or you know i just end up recycling it or sending it off into
0: why would it why would it t- be why would it be time to break up with a deck grace to know more about this oh
2: well um i find that sometimes the answers uh it gets exhausted like the the deck hmm. develops an energy and it's an energy that you're putting into it it's an energy that your clients are putting into it and sometimes it just th- there's burnout mm. which is why you need to like rotate or and cleanse them because that energy like it ends up, it's just more than paper. Like, people think it's It's not, but it is. Like, it, it, they collect energy and, like, they become, sometimes... They like, get, like, fried. Yeah, they yeah. get fried. And, like, sometimes they just, they're just, like, I need to get retired. Like, retire me.
1: Okay, I'm going to go sort of to my, like, sex and relationship writer asking questions through that realm. Spe- I have a, like, different tarot breakup question. I have been struggling. For instance, I have one tarot deck that I adore, but it was passed on to me from a former partner. Mm. And I found myself being like, oh, I want to use this, but then it reminds me of them and that is painful. Or my favorite deck I keep in a box and and that wooden box was a gift from also a, a former partner. Like when other people's energies that are painful to you get into a tarot deck like do you just use your judgment can you sage that shit away or is it time to 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 get a new one
2: i think i would say definitely get a new one but it also depends on like your constitution yeah like you know not everyone let's say from a physical standpoint a certain food or your reaction like it just depends on your constitution like how how are you going to react to that the same can be said to like the energy from from a present or a tarot deck or a box or whatever that someone gave you, Uh depending on your constitution, like you'll know if you're able to withstand that. So yeah, that spiritual constitution is important. If it's something that you can withstand, definitely. But I would say if you're doubting yourself, there's a reason why, and you probably just need to let it go.
0: Thank you so much for coming by the studio, Sonia. Thank you so much. If people want to get in touch with you or learn more about you, how can they do that?
2: Um, Well, I am online at soniaotarot.com. I also do a monthly horoscope. It's a taroscope or crushoscope, if you will. Hashtag crushoscope for Got a Girl Crush magazine. Um, they're also putting out their new issue very soon. I think it might be out now, but definitely worth checking out. And uh, I also write the horosc- sex horoscopes for a bust.
0: Ooh, fuck yeah. Awesome. So That's you can check awesome. those out online.
2: But I'm online at uh, Sonia Otero on Instagram. Thank you so much for coming
1: by. It was a real pleasure. It was
0: a it was a real pleasure. It was. Yay. Yay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to become a Serpent Slut, you can head over to patreon.com slash the Serpent Cast. We have two new Serpent Sluts to say hello to. Thank you so much, Christina and Elaine, for supporting us. And of course, you can follow The Serpent Cast on Twitter and Instagram at The Serpent Cast. And you can follow Sophie St. Thomas at The Bowie Cat on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me at AnnabelleGat underscore on Twitter and at AnnabelleGat on Instagram. We'll see you next week.